All right. Hello. Hello, everyone. If you're tuning in to the live stream, welcome. Yes, this is this is the second live stream that I'm doing, and I am doing that with Teacher Katie. Hello, <laughs> Hello Katie. I'm yes, wonderful. Yes. So if you are tuning in live, make sure to say hello. All right. And if you do have any questions for us, make sure to post that in the chat and we'll try to get that in. Um, try to get that answered in during the live. Um, I do also have other questions that we had already kind of talked about ahead of time uh, for for that live. So we're going to be answering that as well. And in case in case any of you are not aware, uh, not only am I doing this live on YouTube, but I'm also recording our lives to put on a podcast. So maybe you're not able to actually visually watch the YouTube live. So I put it on a podcast called Anchor. And that's where uh, my podcast is going to be. That's where my first podcast is at. And that's where this podcast is going to be at too. It's a free podcasting download system you can find the podcasts on there i've been loving it so far because there's not a limit on like how many podcasts you can put on there so completely free so i i would look into that so yeah so yeah wonderful so katie uh to get started since um there's not really a whole lot of people coming in yet we might give it just a few more minutes before we officially get started um but if you want uh we could go ahead and you can tell us just a little bit about yourself so that way we can understand what the conversation of our live is going to be today yeah. <laughs> perfect yeah sure so my name is katie Gettis. Um, I tell the kids it rhymes with lettuce, <laughs> most of them call me Miss G. Nice. Um, I am an online music t music studio owner and also teacher coach. So how I kind of got there was I um, have always wanted to be a music teacher. It's always been my passion. Um, well, music was my passion, but also helping others and working with people. And so I knew that that just seemed like an obvious, perfect combination of the two. Um, and I used to teach, that's what I studied in school, and I used to teach elementary music in, like, a public school setting, which I loved dearly. I have, like, never felt more fulfilled, uh, than right then. Like, those first couple years, it was crazy whirlwind. I only did it for about a year and a half, technically, um, in my own classroom, but, um, I loved it so much. But I left that job because I have a really big passion for travel, and I always wanted to live abroad. So um, I decided to quit my job, and I left everything behind, and I moved to Prague in the Czech Republic for a year, and then um, backpacked around Southeast Asia for four months after that. So I was, I like just needed to get away and like do my thing, um, but I'm passionate about like location independence and being able to live wherever, you know, I want to, whenever I want to, and yeah, so I did that for about a year and a half, and but I had like completely lost my professional purpose. So I decided to come back to the states, and I got a job as like a substitute elementary music teacher. I was so excited, and I worked for three weeks, and then the pandemic happened, and so I was at a loss. I know the woman was on maternity leave, so of course it was like we're working from home. Like, hey, can I have a job back? And I was like, cool. <laughs> um, so I was like, what do I do? And I really, I knew that I wanted to teach music. I knew that I wanted to work with kids. 
also knew I wanted to have location independence and travel whenever I wanted um, and make enough money to do that and also live in New York City, which is like, seems like an impossible dream, but I was yeah. like, um, but then I discovered out school in like the summer of 2020 during, you know, the pandemic and that was right. really the of out school also. Um, and yeah, I got started right away. I applied like as soon as I found out about it and, um, I worked like crazy those first three months. I made nearly $24,000 and I worked with over 500 students online, which was such a whirlwind. Um, and now we've expanded to become a music studio. So I have three other teachers that work along with me, um, with, it's called mini musician studios and, um, also coach other teachers to, uh, teach music online too. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So I will make sure um, at the final edit, like of our of our live, um, if you want to share with me your links, I'll put those in my description box for the oh, video. Perfect. So that way, that way, uh, the viewers and listeners can check out uh, Katie because sounds like what she's doing is awesome. Oh. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'm inspired by by oh. what 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 you do online, just because like. I feel like for music and Montessori are similar in that a lot of these lessons are done like in person. Like it, it's mostly like it's ideal if these lessons are done in person rather than online. And here we are um, primarily our start on out school for saying, hey, why don't I try to teach music lessons online or Montessori lessons online? what's the worst that could happen? You know, so for us to take that leap to try to make it work, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are just like, you know, how is this even possible? You know, how are you able to do this online? Like, so you may have touched on this like a little bit already. Um, but I'm going to ask, like, what, what actually made you interested in teaching music lessons, like, specifically online? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yes, so there's definitely the aspect of, like, the location independence that I've mentioned. That was, like, a big part of um, me wanting to work online in general. Um, but, yeah, it's funny that you, like, say that with impossible lessons because I taught online with VIP Kid beforehand for mm-hmm. a year and a half, and that's how I was able to afford living abroad for so long but I got so frustrated doing that because I love teaching I love working with kids and that allowed you know the the location independence but my real passion was teaching music and so I really I would have loved to combine the two from the get-go but I like you said thought it was impossible like I just thought how would you ever do that like how is that even you know how would we be capable of teaching you know, good quality lessons in an online setting um, when, you know, usually, like, I teach mostly guitar and ukulele. Like, most teachers, like, physically move people's fingers and, like, tell them where they, you know, stuff like right. that. So, uh, I thought it would be an impossible dream, basically. Um, but then, you know, just finally got, got it started learning more about the online world and realized that other people were doing so through, like, YouTube. You know, there's tons of, like, music tutorials on YouTube. And I was like, you know what? I can do this, you know, like, I'm gonna make this happen, because I really didn't want to give up that freedom that I had found with VIP Kid, but I just wanted to add what I was actually passionate about teaching into the mix along with it. Yeah, I feel like, um, just personally, like, because I was in the brick and mortar Montessori school setting for about three years, 
and then it just of course you know just the expectations and the logistics of like a brick and mortar school sometimes just get the best of you and you're like is this really worth it like like is it really truly worth it like at the end of the day and so even as I left that school like I, I was like you I did VIP kid for a little bit and I was like yeah I get I still get to teach to some extent Right. You know, but it was still just like, I don't know, like, I wish there was a way I could do like Montessori stuff, right. you know, in the mix, as opposed to just teaching ESL. And, and I mean, it's a nice benefit, you know, for what VIP kid had, I think today was actually the last day for the, like the actual like original, <laughs> um, like teaching children from China online because right. now they're doing their whole global platform which we'll see how that goes I know. I know. so yeah so <laughs> so I think you know it was nice to do that but it was like I, I still want more and yeah. so it was actually in the summer of 2020 just like you that I had thought huh you know because I had given myself a year after leaving uh, brick and mortar Montessori teaching to like not think about it for a little bit and then just kind of revisit the idea like you know should I continue pursuing like to to teach Montessori lessons or should I like you know just kind of forget it and do something else you know so it was when I had started hearing from out school via VIP kid <laughs> Right. that I was like huh okay get to teach my own lessons so right you know and we're still in the middle of a hot mess of a pandemic right. <laughs> you know so yeah no, I, I think that that is what is so incredible about out school was just the fact that teachers were given opportunity to not only teach which is what they're passionate about and like teach what they love to teach but then also have like the balanced lifestyle like you said like the brick and mortar like is such a demanding thing sometimes and it's uh it can be too much for you know the type of lifestyle you might want and so to, that's what was so hard for me when I moved was like having to give up that passion and knowing that I loved it but that I needed to also prioritize like myself and what was important to me lifestyle wise like that was really hard for me so that's what I think is so amazing about all school is like you can have it all like right it. like yeah possible. that's that's the lovely benefit of out school is 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 really truly teaching what you're passionate about you know and setting your own rate and setting what times you want to be available like there really is so much freedom I feel like that's why so many teachers end up doing it as like their full-time job because of that possibility opening up and that we we still are able to make special connections with these students even if it's online so that's what makes it really, really special. So speaking of teaching lessons online, I'm sure the big, big question on teaching lessons that may seem impossible online, how are you able to teach music lessons online successfully? For sure. So I feel like this is like a very long answer. So I'll just kind of go bit by bit. Um, so yes, there is definitely a difficult aspect to the online situation because right. like I said, for most music lessons, and you know, you have a music background, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, like, I do. With in-person lessons, like there's a lot of hands-on that goes with working with a, a tutor or a private teacher. 
Um, so here are just like some of the ways that I go about it to um, kind of, you know, work around that. So the first one is just using the correct language um, from the start. So like when I was learning, I learned these things, but I, it wasn't that important for me back then when I was learning the guitar, the ukulele, but just implementing the right kind of verbiage um, in order to explain how to do something so that the students can kind of independently, you know, figure out just based on what you said, how to do something. So like, for example, with me, I focus a lot in the beginning on talking about like your finger numbers and your string numbers and the fret numbers. So I could tell a seven-year-old student, you know, use finger three on string one on fret three, mm -hmm. right? And then just really knowing how to describe um, in depth, you know, what kind of approach they should use as well. Like right. use the tip of your finger, bend the first, you know, um, knuckle in your finger, uh, squeeze and put your finger behind, like just knowing exactly how to like clearly explain something. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it's very important. Um, and yeah, just knowing from the get-go, explaining what you're saying, like so, so that they're on the same page as you. Um, so yeah. I think that that's very important. I don't know if that is like similar in Montessori or not. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that because, you know, I feel like, especially when I do one-on-one -on -one lessons with Montessori works, right. like there is that advantage because since Montessori is child-led, that really that's all I do is just sit back and go, okay, do this, you know, but I can't simply just say, do this. Like I have to, I have to be careful with my verbiage too and go, you know, pick up the card carefully that has the pig on it or, you know, yeah. something similar, <laughs> you know, that, to that or yeah. find, you know, so whatever, yeah. whatever work it is, um, majority of my private students have actually been doing uh, reading. So, okay. so it's not as, um, I guess it's not as verbiage as right. what would Not be like but but you know but a lot of times if it's just like like if they are still sounding out a word you know while they're reading you know then it's just like oh pause you know and then I guide them along on that so but like but like especially for like specific lessons I would have to use careful verbiage so that way they understand what to do too which for some Montessorians, that might be, like, gray line stuff because a lot of works, they're just like, well, use less words. And it's like, well, I can't really do that because, right. you know, like, if it's online, like, I kind of have to explain, like, some things with words because otherwise, like, the kids are not going to be staring at the screen watching me present right. a lesson, you know, uh -huh. as much as as much as we would love to have them have that concentration, like... Unless there's a TV show, like, in the background, like, they're not, they're not going to be staring at the screen, <laughs> you know? So, I think another thing for Montessori, I have created, like, a drag and drop activity right. for some yeah. of the, the works. Because I'm just like, you know, they probably are not able to afford these materials. Mm -hmm. You know, similar to musical instruments, Montessori materials are expensive, you know, so unless you're able to get a great resource like on Teachers Pay Teachers, 
you know, but even then it's just like, oh, how do I use that? You know, so I think uh, for like the drag and drop, it creates that interactivity for the learner on the other side. And they're like, oh, here's the work. This is what this teacher means for the pink series or the blue series. And, you know, and I created it where it was like a virtual rug, like with the work and, you know, and it's controlled so they don't change pictures or, you know, anything like that. But it just gives them a chance to practice it in some way where where they would have done it, you know, in person. Yeah, Moving I agree. That was actually, that was the next thing I was going to say is that a lot of just visual materials, I don't necessarily do a lot of drag and drop and maybe that's just because I'm lazy because I'm like, whatever, what I've done works, so whatever. But I will always have slides. Mm -hmm. Like, even, like I, I've started adding in like workbooks and stuff like that, which I'll get into later, but I always have some sort of slide beforehand so like if there's a specific song or something that the student wants to do we won't do it that day usually I'll be like okay great I'll get the resources together and we'll learn it next time but I always have some sort of visual that really really maps out you know how to do something um whether that's like finger picking I have so many like little graphs and stuff that they look at while they're doing it so not only like the auditory learning like you know what kind of learner they might be but also having the visual in front of them um, right. I think it's really helpful and really important, um, especially because I actually send those to the kids after class. So then when they're practicing throughout the week, it's familiar and they can like have that repetition, um, which is like so important. And it's also easier than in person because it's like I can just share a digital uh, file, you know, and so you don't necessarily have to like print everything out. Like I can just like send it on over to you in a matter of seconds. So I think that that's really great. Um and also, I was going to say, in regards to, like, the drag and drop, one thing that's really nice about music, I think, is that it's pretty engaging because even in, like, group classes and stuff, like, everybody has an instrument, you know? Like, they're always touching something. So they're going to remain engaged at all times. Like, mm -hmm. it's easier, I think, than, like, Montessori or just, like, one-on-one -on -one tutoring, stuff like that, because, like, I don't really have to give them a ton of hands-on stuff or, like, you know... I don't know, things for them to drag and drop or be engaged with virtually just because they already are holding the thing. Right, exactly. With, yeah. So that's really helpful. I think it keeps the kids um, excited and, like, not as restless, I think. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah. definitely because for instruments, I'm sure, I'm sure you'd say this in your classes, but for them to just be really careful with the instruments, too, because yeah. I'm sure, you know, for one, not cheap. You know, right. and for two, like if they do break it, then they're not able to keep taking lessons with you anymore until they can yeah. get That's it true. fixed. That's one thing I do say, I ask them to tune beforehand. I send them like a video of me explaining how to tune, and then before the first lesson, I'm like, please have like a parent do this with you because like you can hurt yourself or you can hurt the instrument. So that kind of thing, I do. Yeah, recommend having some sort of parent interaction, like help. Um, right. Well, <laughs> I feel like the instrument might be better because like the specific level that I teach for Montessori is actually like three to six year olds. Wow. So, so guess what else transitions so, so well from in-person teaching and online teaching? What? <laughs> Scissors. And young children going, oh, I want to cut my hair. And you're like, wait, no, <laughs> don't do that. 
I can count on more than two hands, both in person and online. You may not believe that, like, it happens online. No, it does. It happens just as much online as it does in person. A young child with scissors saying, I'm going to cut my hair. Like, oh, my gosh. And then it's just like, thank goodness the classes are small on OutSchool because the teachers that have so many students, I'm like, how are you able to keep up? I'm pretty sure, like, there might be one kid off the corner, like, cutting their hair or eating glue or something and you're just like <laughs> you know because I'm you know because I've been able to catch several instances where I'm like stop stop scissors are for paper put the scissors down <laughs> like yeah I can't even like so really glad that you mentioned the supervision thing especially yeah. for yeah. delicate for items really kids, yeah for sure I will say for kids like four, five, six, I would usually have a parent sitting mm-hmm. next to them. But yeah, I mean, even as old as like seven and up, I have them do everything on their own, which is, I think, impressive on their part. So Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. But then, of course, yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? No, go ahead. No, I was going to say the next thing that I feel like is important is just modeling in general, but I feel like that's with most subjects. But as far as music goes, um modeling and also having the right technology I guess to model so Mm -hmm. you know I only have my one camera but you could also have a separate like dock camera like I have like this I use for my garage band classes which I'll take like a cell phone and I'll call the cell phone into the zoom call like I'll email them in or whatever and so I'll have two different screens where you know this can show my iPad below and like what I'm doing here yeah you could also set that up for guitar or you know, piano or something like that, where it has the, a closer up video, um, screen of, you know, whatever you're trying to model for the student. So, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. And I just like take the guitar and I'm like, look at my finger, you know, and I just hold it up to the screen. <laughs> um, but just, yeah, being able to make a very clear model, uh, visually, mm-hmm. even, even with the technology, um, some, like, I think in that way, impairment, like they can't always see everything you're doing. So just having a good visual of, um, yeah, you showing them step by step what you're, what you're teaching. Them yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, just a side note, like for listeners and, and viewers, like I know I talk a lot, like on my, on my channels and on my videos, like Montessori lessons, but before I was a Montessori teacher, I, I went to college for music, so studying music just like just like Katie. So that's why, like, when we were talking about all those music terms, like, I understood what she meant and was, like, pretty fluent in, like, the, the music language. <laughs> so in case anybody didn't know that I went to college for music, like, I did. <laughs> so I... Yes, yes, and I and I and I was Squidward. I I was a clarinet major. <laughs> so for all of you joking out there, like when I say I play clarinet, and they're like, like Squidward, <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I feel like I'm at least above a uh, mediocre level. I I think. <laughs> so yes, 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 yes. So, but I also like. I also did vocal lessons, too, when I was in college. So that's why, like, especially, like, in my circle time classes, I love to do, like, songs and, like, singing. 
and like singing with the oh, kids yeah. and even doing just some of the songs that I did even like in music, you, you know, in, in like music education classes. And I'm just like, ah, oh, this could be good for even a Montessori circle time, for sure. you know? So I love that incorporating music. Really, yeah, that's a really nice uh, addition for Montessori because, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's a very experience-based learning tool is music and uh, yeah, it can be really good for the classroom. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Actually, when I was living in Prague, I taught English, but the school that I taught at was very kind of similar to Montessori. I know Montessori is very, like, child-based, but it's it's very, like, hands-on, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, like, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we did similar stuff, and I was singing all the time. I was like, I know I'm not teaching music, but I feel like I sing all day in these, like, English lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can yeah. be very helpful. Definitely. I, it's an upper hand. Like, and that's where I feel like, like, even for Montessori somehow, like, we all still came together, even though we were all in, like, we did different things, like, for our bachelor's degree. Like, there was one teacher I was in training with, she was an English teacher. Um, and then another one that she, I think she did psychology, I I believe. So, like, we were all coming in from different, you know, perspectives. And even... Yeah. And even for Montessori lessons, there is a special area, like, like in a typical brick and mortar classroom where there's like a music shelf and like the, the main thing for Montessori and music are like the bells, which are tuned to like the piano and they're really pretty and they're really, you know, so, and I mean, and it, you know, so it's, and there's lessons to teach them how to read like, like piano, like piano notes. And so it's just like, yeah, like. It wasn't until the very end of my training that we got to music, though. So I was just like, okay, I got to wait until basically crunch time to even be officially certified to start having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So my next question that I have. Uh, is basically going to be, what do you think the future holds for us teachers wanting to teach, you know, lessons that would be impossible? What do you, what do you, what do you think that holds for us? Yeah, I mean, I think that online education is not going anywhere, and Mm -hmm. it's only continuing to grow. Um, And as far as like people thinking of it, if maybe they think it's impossible, you know, lessons right now, but I think that that is going to become less and less the thought or the mindset just Mm -hmm. because, you know, more and more teachers are taking advantage of online platforms like this and um, are proving that it's possible, you know? Yeah. So I guess, I just think maybe that mindset shift will happen more and more with understanding that this is possible and like, take advantage of it, you know, like go ahead and, you know, get your, get your own foot in the door and try it out and you'll see, like, I thought that was impossible, too, in the beginning, and now I've built, like, my whole career off of it. Like, it's very, very much possible. Yeah. Um, and I would never believe that anymore. But, yeah, I think that, you know, online education is only going to continue to grow. You know, more and more kids are going to be interested in the opportunities and the, you know, how convenient it is. And, um, you know, there's a lot of benefits to online versus in-person, too, that um, I think will become more and more more um yeah as they become more normalized yeah definitely and I I still kind of stay in tune with the public 
school teaching world and yeah. my my heart breaks for those teachers right yeah. now and especially like yeah. when subs are getting paid more oh, than the gosh. actual teachers like that's got to be like <laughs> I don't want to say dehumanizing but like it almost kind of is because it's like wow you're willing to pay subs more for just being in the classroom than you are the teachers that are actually trying to grow and build these future leaders of the world you know like that's a little scary <laughs> and I totally agree I have so many friends like in the public education world and I've just seen you know not all of them like some of them will stick with it but through the pandemic them dropping and dropping and dropping like flies and like realizing and if they haven't, I've, of course, they've expressed how hard this past year and a half especially has been. Like, I cannot even imagine being a public school teacher in the last year and a half. Right. Yeah. So the first yeah. live that I did was with uh, Kristen. And she was, she, she was actually a music teacher, too. But she does wow. music and YouTube classes right so um but she was kind of sharing her experiences too like in the classroom how she um just kind of felt like it was just beginning to be too much and with pandemic teaching and the way schools kind of do online learning is maybe the reason why some parents kind of turn away from the idea of online right. learning to begin with. Cause it's just like, Oh my goodness, I have to do so much for oh, my yeah. kids school. So it's, yeah. and I mean, I, I can understand that because there's already a lot of expectations and standards and changing standards right. and everything just, changing even day by day for public school teachers like yeah I can imagine how online teaching can be pretty chaotic for right. for them and, and be like oh I would never want to do that again if it's just as chaotic in person then it's probably you know worse online so right. and I think for us where we teach on out school we try to view online teaching as a positive light and I think it is yeah. because we don't have administrative restrictions or we don't have standards to follow. I mean, we have standards, but we have our own standards yeah. that we follow and not someone else's. So yeah. that's where the freedom comes in. And that's where parents, you know, and students see like, wow, she really knows her stuff. She's really passionate right. about, about this content. Like let's stick with her. So, yeah. you know, relate to like what Kristen was saying too because when I when the, pandemic start, when the pandemic started I was that substitute teacher but it was like a long-term sub job so they were like hi do the online thing for us for a while and yeah it was chaos absolutely mm -hmm. no one no one knew what was going on there was no help provided really from admin or from um the county because they didn't know how to do online education nobody did you know so but I think through the pandemic, people are realizing how possible it really is. Like now, of course, they would have more resources and more support because they've had a you know a year and a half of experience with online learning. Um, but because of that, yeah, I feel like that's normalized online education so much more too. So I feel like these online platforms are only going to continue to grow because those kids are used to it now. And yeah, I mean, so are their teachers and their parents and stuff. So uh, I mean, it was a really hard time, but I also think it was... A it was a plus for the out school world. <laughs> People are like, oh, online education is possible, you know? Right. Um, Definitely. Yeah, those teachers, it was 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, I know I had said it before, but I think parents might think it's just impossible just because of their views of online teaching in general. And we're just trying to change that stigma because, I mean, one thing, us out school teachers, we should adapt to change. Like whatever, whatever happens, you know, we should ride the wave of whatever the the changes are, even if it does mean leaving a classroom and teaching what you want to teach online. So even if there's that aspect to it, um, but there's also this idea that the world is changing, you know, like the fact that there are more and more online teaching platforms uh, resurfacing up, well, not resurfacing, but surfacing up and being like, oh, hey, I have more opportunities to still teach what I want to teach, you know, so parents are going to start seeing more and more of these opportunities and be like, you know, you know, why am I seeing all of this? My child didn't really have a great experience with online learning in her school. Like why, you know, but I think once parents give like out school a chance, you know, to see like, oh, hey, these teachers just do this. And a lot of times, you know, for a lot of our classes, we don't really require like homework like we're not required to give them a grade and if we do require them to do something we're not telling them to do it hours upon hours upon hours or find a weird way to like submit the work you know like especially especially for my classes I I I do not require them to do anything and even for like my flex classes, I know we have to do, we have to put in so much information and expect them to do so much, even though the parents are just like, I just want the video. I just want the video. It's okay. You know? And so that's frustrating because I'm just like, well, I, I would only just give you the video if it, if it just wasn't for out school being like, you need to do this and this and this and this, you know, for, for flex classes, I would just totally give you the video and you just watch it as you please, you know, I would, you know, so I think once parents give that online, that online learning chance, like they'll probably be like, oh, so it is actually possible. We don't have to turn in these, you know, we don't have to turn in these assignments. You know, this is just a fun way for my kid to learn you know, right, about, exactly. the, about the planets or about yeah. you or, or about the ukulele or, right. oh, question. Do you say ukulele or ukulele? It's supposed to be ukulele. I mean, that's how you would pronounce it, like, in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people have normalized the pronunciation ukulele quite mm-hmm. a lot. So <laughs> I know, because I always, I always interchange because I'm just like, I want to say ukulele because it's yeah, ukulele, but it, but people say ukulele and I'm just like, uh, maybe it's just me being <laughs> weird about it, but <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but also, yeah, on your note with like the homework and whatnot, that's what is so nice about music too. I mean, this goes for any type of music too. Well, not actually, not necessarily in the classroom, but yeah, I mean, we, I get to like, that's what I love about the kids that are learning from me is, like, this is just an extra thing, you know? Like, you learn guitar and ukulele just because you want to. And right. Just because you want to. And that's really common, actually, for most out-school classes. Like, of course, 
course, there are some people who are, like, supplementing their homeschooling education. Right. But a lot of these are, like, just for fun. It's, like, extra learning. And so the kids are excited to be there, which is just so nice. Like, in the classroom setting, at, at like, a school setting, um, you know, I taught every kid in the whole school. So it's like, I had, like, 700 kids each week. But there were so many of them that didn't want to be there, you know? Right. Which is always a little sad and frustrating. But everyone that's signing up for my classes on Apple usually wants to be there. And they're excited to be there and, like, motivated and pumped, you know, to get started, which is really nice. Absolutely. I mean, if online, like, learning courses are there for adults, you know, now, you know, then we're essentially building up the kids that we're teaching online now how to do that how it's okay to search for these things to grow your learning. Like we're human. We have to change. So I think, I think that's, we're normalizing that because we're seeing that as adults that we could take courses from Skillshare or Udemy, you know, those, those adult online teaching platforms, you know, and out school is sort of like the gateway to Udemy or Skillshare for like, the right. things that they may actually need for, like, their careers, you know. Yeah. And it's just getting them, I feel like it gets them excited to learn, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Which is yeah. so nice. Like, I wish I had that when I was a kid. I wish I could have taken songwriting classes, like, garage classes, like. Exactly. Um, no, I, I agree. Because I think, you know, because I had just gone to school, you know, and. I mean, I did band in middle school, and I think that's what kept me going, (laughs) was doing band and choir and all that jazz, you know, but to be able, because I had other interests other than music at the the time, because, you know, especially when you're a teenager and you're like, who am I? What am I going to go to college for? Do I really want to go for music, or do I want to try to get something sustainable? So... You know, like, I knew I was interested in French, and I was interested in, like, English and creative writing at the time, which, funny, because now I'm actually, like, for, like, after Montessori training, I'm all, like, on the math and the science side (laughs) of things. So I'm just like, oh, that's such a weird perspective change, because in high school, I would have nothing to do with science. In math, and here I am. I'm like, I'm excited to teach math lessons. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I've always loved math. I'm a math person. So, <laughs> well, I think it's just because I had struggled with math as a child, and it really wasn't until I did Montessori training and it was lessons in a concrete way that I was like, oh, that's how you do dynamic subtraction. That's why it works that way because. I could go on a whole spiel on yeah, like <laughs> my struggles with long division and dynamic subtraction as a child, but I'm not. So just know as long as it's done in the Montessori way, we can have fun. <laughs> so definitely. Um, also, I wanted to say in regards to the question before this about like how to do online learning with music, I forgot to mention the fact that with like group classes, it's very different than like a one-on-one setting. Yes. So just like a quick spiel of how to make that work. Yeah. It's kind of foreign. Um, but in a one-on-one setting, of course, they're like unmuted and we work, you know, one-on-one and I let them play and whatnot. But in a group class, I actually keep my students muted like the whole time um, because Zoom, you know, has its, you know, 
things and it's yes. very ugly and it's also very distracting and so all the students stay muted and then we go through the slides together and I model and I you know explain and whatnot and then we always just stop and check for understanding we do like a thumbs up middle down or like a scale of one to five how are you feeling and every once in a while you know we'll stop and I'll unmute them and check certain things like a new chord or you know if they want a chance to perform a song then they have that too or if they have a specific question, I'll, we'll always stop and let them ask. But for the most part, those kiddos stay muted and they just follow along as we go through the lesson together. And it's a lot of me just modeling and, and showing and, um, but also supplementing with like resources, like the slides, but also I've started doing like workbooks on Canva and stuff like that and, and providing those for the Yeah. Kiddos. Oh, Canva. So. I love Canva and I know I've made several videos about Canva and even in my regular like <laughs> YouTube channel I'm over here like Canva 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 get Canva <laughs> yes. I feel like all online teachers yes are just obsessed with it because it's the best it's the best thing ever well and it. then if you got a online business like right. like yes. what we do like we rely on the the beautiful templates that Canva has to offer and being like, oh, yeah, I would have not been able to do that on my own. I would have never thought to add this and this and this and make it look like this and beautiful. Like, so Canva is great for for that. So, and I think even for us online teachers, we have Canva because we're able to create things like workbooks that are yeah. just from us that we can give to our students. So, I mean, and Canva was the only way that I was able to do the drag and drop right. feature, too, because, like, I can't do Google Drive to save my life, <laughs> or at least not really, or at least not really well, because especially, you know, for the younger Montessori classes, we don't have computers or tablets, you know, because it's not the premise, so it's just, like, we didn't have to worry too much about having to upload slides or or anything right. like that you know our biggest concern was replenishing materials and, and making sure right. we had clean clothes for children that decided to wet themselves for the third time that day <laughs> you know that was our concern and not how to use google drives for you know certain lessons so that was sort of a handicap i had to give myself at first when exploring with canva and being like oh yeah so i didn't have to worry about that <laughs> in brick and mortar teaching um just because of the level of students that we were teaching at at the time yeah. and and how yeah. screens were almost like forbidden i know you know <laughs> even though there had been several occasions that we had that me or my co-teacher would pull up our phones and listen to dr jean songs you know um we didn't do a whole lot of like cuckoo kangaroo or anything like that. I did a lot of cuckoo kangaroo uh, for the summer camps at the uh -huh. Montessori school. So yeah. I did I did a lot of cuckoo kangaroo because it was like moving your body and and having lots of fun. So I did do that. But in terms of like the regular standard classroom, it was a lot of Dr. Jean stuff going on. So uh -huh. <laughs> that was probably the most technology that we would expose the kids too because I mean there wasn't we didn't have like movie days or or anything like that like even just extra 10 minutes of outside time was a great day for them you know yeah. so <laughs> all right so 
you probably have touched on this question. This is um, one of my last few questions. Uh, do you think more learners will take music online, uh, mu music lessons online in the future? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think so, I do. Um, I think it's becoming, as we've talked about already, much more normalized. But also, I think that there are benefits to the online setting compared to the, like, instead of the in-person setting, too. Like, I think, like, some of, I actually just did a post about this the other day. I think, like, one of them, first of all, is, like, internationalism, the fact that you can work with, you know, any any teacher or any student from anywhere in the world. Yes. I think it's so cool. Yes. Like, the opportunity to... I don't know, like have students who live in Europe or live in Asia, I think it's amazing. Yes. Um, and I mean, the same thing for them. Like I have students who specifically wanted an American guitar teacher, you know, so mm -hmm. they, that's what they went for. Um, but also just the convenience, like people are busy and people, like especially parents, like who want the best for their kiddos, but maybe they have multiple kids or they have, you know, just too much going on. The convenience of not having to drive all the way to a music studio right. to, you know, start their music lesson and back. Like my poor mother did that for me. You know, show thirty right. minutes away for right. my thirty minute lesson once a week. My my parents did the same. <laughs> and so it's just so much easier to just turn the computer on, you know, and, and give it a try. So I think the convenience factor there is really incredible, and also the repetition, like out school as you know like records every single lesson and the fact that you're able I mean in college I would voice record my lessons and so I could go back that way but I just feel like the video aspect is so nice that they yes. can go back and watch the entire lesson multiple times and practice along with you you know stuff like that is so yeah. helpful for their learning and I just I actually see more progress with my like online kids than I have in the past with my in-person kids because they're able to use all of those digital resources to yeah. really, if they're a self-starter, like really go for it. Yeah, um, and it's readily available and they can yeah. go back to it as many times as they want. I feel yeah. like if I had that in college, like if I was able to video record or audio record my right. private clarinet lessons or even yeah. like... Or even be able to actually, I mean, I think we were able to record, at least audio record our yeah. classes, you know, but at the time, like, even then, like, cause I, I was in college around the early 2010s. Yeah. So, you know, like you could take online classes and you could do audio recording, but it was still just like, ugh, in person is so much better. Like I was, right. I was on that train for the longest time you know until yeah. until now you know so yeah it's <laughs> right no I think so too it's so, so helpful and they felt like the resources go with you anywhere that, like they're on the internet you know so you could just pull it up on your phone or on your computer like whatever you need um good. and also like the fact that you can sign up for a group lesson like if you can't afford a one-on-one -on -one rate like it's expensive to take private music lessons mm -hmm. for sure and yeah so, to be able to have a group setting where maybe you don't get as much, you know, hands-on, um, you know, as an intimate setting, you can still learn the material with an experienced teacher and, you know, you're able to ask the questions and you can afford it at a lower rate, and you know, right? which I think is so incredible. Like, my poor parents, I cannot even imagine how much money they spent on my, like, music lessons throughout my yeah. whole life. So, yeah, so... 
So I'm actually originally from Nashville, Tennessee. So so there was one year that I um actually I did this for three years. I did instruction uh with a clarinet professor at Vanderbilt. And one of those years I had to get a scholarship for it because it was so expensive. And I mean at Vanderbilt nonetheless, you know, like I mean, I know Vanderbilt's probably more like glimmery eyes on like like the medical and and well, lawyer feels. I know. I I feel like people kind of downgrade it. I'm like, wait a minute, no, like I Vanderbilt's music program's pretty good. <laughs> so so I didn't go to Vanderbilt for music, but I did have lessons there in high school. So you know, but even then, like the scholarship kind of helped. You know be you know fill in that gap you know for my parents to like not have to pay so much right. you know for my clarinet lessons at the time yeah and yeah it so, makes so much more accessible like yeah it's just really cool so yes and then yeah. you you're talking too yeah Sorry, I feel like it's like on the same thing like when I was a kid I I was like rec- writing my own songs and like recording them with audacity I didn't know how to use Audacity. Like, I would have loved to have found some sort of community that did similar things. And that's just not going to happen with, like, your next-door neighbor, you know? Like, the fact that there are online communities for kids who have such specialized passions and interests, like, is incredible. Like, you're just not – it's not as common to find that in an in-person setting. Like, it's possible, but it's – I just think yeah, much more common. And so – so I do have a couple of music classes on OutSchool. I think I had shared that with you before. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I had been debated if I want to do, like, clarinet lessons on there. Um, but my clarinet actually, one of the pads fell off, so it actually needs to be repaired. Because um, I had done a gig in Christmas of 2019, and it was, like, literally right after we had performed that the pad decided to just fall off. And I'm just like, okay. Oh, and this was before I realized there was a pandemic going to happen. So I was right. like, okay, well, I'm going to have to get this repaired before our next gig. Right. And then the pandemic happened. And then I'm just like, hmm, it was probably just a one-time thing. It's okay. Like, right. <laughs> so, I mean, it, that's going to have to just be something that I'm going to have to put a priority on. But what I was going to say um, I teach a Chrome Music Lab class because I know there are kids, I mean, at least in the American school systems, I don't know if any other countries are familiar with Chrome Music Lab, but I at least know in America, you know, there are lots of children that use Chrome Music Lab in their, like, standard, you know, music classes. And so I only have one faithful kid that I see Every week because he loves Chrome Music Lab and he loves playing around with those fun computer features on yeah, there. But he he loves coming on every week and he's just like, let's learn how to write this TikTok song. <laughs> and so like, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I know there is no one in my neighborhood who would even know like what Chrome Music Lab is. Yeah be like what is that you know <laughs> right like such specialized lessons too with such great qualified teachers mm-hmm. like, just amazing like, yes so and then the other thing for the international reach so I'm actually teaching a little girl who lives in Italy 
um, living in Italy how to read. And so, yes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think she already knows English, but I, but she's like bilingual. So she's like, so she's, well, I don't think she was originally Italian, but I think okay. it's her native language and then English. And then she's having to learn Italian too. So okay. I'm just like, wow, you know, but just the sheer fact that I can pick up one of the books that we're working on and we can practice reading that way. And it's just like, yeah. I can actually teach a kid how to read online. What? <laughs> like, that's that's a crazy concept. <laughs> hey, like, that is so cool. I, yeah. So, the world is our oyster. Yes. In terms of what we, we can teach. And I think there probably just needs to be better. Like, we just need to find a way to, like, show that to people. And realize right. that, like, this actually can be really, really beneficial yeah. for your kid. And it's in a low-pressure setting, you know, and it's because they want to do it, you know, rather yeah. than they feel like they have to do it. Right. And so, and I mean, you were talking about one-on-one -on -one lessons being kind of expensive. I mean, right. that's sort of another reason why... I wanted to do Montessori online because maybe there are a lot of parents out there that love the concept of Montessori and wanting to do Montessori online and in their homes, but materials are expensive. You would think the pink tower, which are just like pink blocks, 10 pink blocks that, you know, that go from biggest to smallest, you would think that was, that would not be very expensive, you know, but it is. <laughs> It's like a $70 tower, even more, you know? So it's just like, parents are like, what the heck? I'm not spending $70 for 10 blocks, right? you know? So I also want to make Montessori accessible to families that may not be able to have a beautiful Montessori environment yeah. for their child and at least give them like online materials to kind of give them the opportunity to manipulate those materials in that respect. Right. And, and, yeah. and thankfully I'm not the only Montessori teacher online, which is sort of comforting for me because I know there are other Montessori teachers out there that are being like, uh, we're not, you can't do this online. This is ridiculous. Right. And I'm just like, well, I'm seeing other Montessori teachers do it with me. So I feel like I'm not alone in this yeah, and that it can nice. be done. Yeah. Ta-da. Yeah, yeah, you're doing it. So, yeah, I love that. I think, well, yeah, just showing other teachers that it's possible, like, you can do this. And the only difference between you and the teachers that are already doing it is just the fact that they decided and they did it. And they, like, you can figure it out, too, you know? Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So... So that's all the questions that I have. Um, for the sake of the live, there's there hasn't really been anyone coming in asking any questions, but that's okay. No, that's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. And then if and then if there are listeners on the podcast, obviously they're going to be listening in and tuning in, and and who knows, we might get questions later. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who knows? Might have to come back on again just to answer those questions. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So, so for, for everyone tuning in, whether live or on the replay or listening in on the podcast, thank you so much 
for tuning in and hearing us talk about music and Montessori lessons online and how we are able to do it. Um, If you do have questions for us, we do have, um, we both have Instagrams. Mine's teaching online with Kelsey and then Katie. Yeah, uh, what, underscore. Underscore. Like yes. Which um, for both the podcast and the YouTube, I'm going to put both of those down below in the description box. So that way all of you tuning in can give us a follow. All right. Yeah. Because I'm always going to say, you know, your follows and your subscribes and your likes are, are more important than you realize for us, yeah. because yeah. that just shows that you, you really do fully support us and what, and what we're doing (laughs) in this journey so make make sure make sure to follow katie and all oh i was also going to ask before we before we go so not only do you teach out school lessons but you have a studio too yes so music studio yeah, so on OutSchool, um, for those that don't know, you can teach independently as just like an independent teacher, but then you can also teach with what's called an organization, which is just, you know, a business that's like a legal entity, and they're able to hire on other teachers as well and pay them at, you know, whatever rate they decide to pay them at. Um, and yeah, so I've done that and I've hired on three other teachers and two of them were like friends from college. So I know that like they went through the same music education program as me and I trust them with my life. And then one of them I just found online who we are, the three of us are all on Eastern time and he's on Pacific time. So it was like trying to cater to another um, time zone and audience basically. But he's also guitar and ukulele. And um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey of making the transition to being like a solo teacher to being, you know, um, the head of an org, but it's, it's been really exciting and we're able to, you know, reach more kids this way. And I'm able to teach, you know, the number of hours that I want to teach, Yeah, um, which is really, really nice. Uh, yeah, it's been really cool. Yeah. So. So if people are interested in joining the organization, where can they find that? Um, yeah, it's called mini musician studios. So that we have that name on, you know, pretty much everything on Instagram, minimusicianstudios.com. Um, we have a YouTube too, uh, Facebook. Yeah, everywhere we've got that name. So you can find us. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on to the here. live. And thanks for those tuning in in some way or form. All right. And then I'm, I'm hoping to keep, I'm hoping to keep going with these lives because I enjoy meeting with other teachers and just talking about teacher related yeah things so listening in if you're a teacher and you want to come join in on the lives like please let me know on instagram or let me know on youtube because because i I want you on the show i want to keep going i don't want to just do these two episodes and that's it so (laughs) all right all right yeah thanks thanks for listening in yeah thank you kelsey Bye. bye